Good evening and welcome to Connecting to Host, a podcast all about multiplayer and co-op gaming where today we'll be discussing Splatoon 2, the Nintendo Switch exclusive to the Wii U exclusive uh, Splatoon. Uh, And it's a game in which you basically claim territory from other players by covering the floor in ink in a number of heated 4 and 4 battles. The team that claims the most turf wins and Nintendo say you'll need to use teamwork and switch tactically into squid form and back again to gain an edge. So the uh, the game costs £50 if you buy it uh, download only from the Nintendo Switch eShop, or you could pay £45 for a physical copy from Amazon and other good retailers. Oh, what was interesting in Sweden was it's actually cheaper for me to buy it on download. So um, in the stores it was 600 crowns, but online I could buy it for 520 So worth checking in your country to see if you can grab it cheaper on the eShop. Do you know how much space it took up? I don't really remember. I don't. I don't keep an eye on it. Uh, on I think Switch. it was about four gigs. It wasn't anything horrific. It was. It was. You know, I have an SD card that's sixty-four gig as well as the thirty-two, so I, I didn't really notice it. But I did pay attention just in case. And I think it started off at about three point five gigs. But when they start adding levels, it'll probably be four. So yeah, it seemed a pretty quick download. But uh, yes, yeah, always a tricky one deciding whether to get the download or not. Mm. I got it on download anyway, but. Uh, that's because I couldn't be bothered to wait for Amazon to deliver it. <laughs> that Twelve hours is oh, crucial. Oh, it is. Anyway, we've uh, we've both been playing it on the Nintendo Switch, obviously, because it's an exclusive title, uh, and we've played it both in the docked console mode and in handheld sitting in bed mode. Um, <laughs> so, first of all, I'll just go over a bit of the core game stuff, um, and it's a bit tricky for this one because to me, it doesn't really feel like a single game as such it's really a collection of three or four different games of the same theme bundled together Uh, so the sort of core experience is the four and four turf battle uh, which is the one where you basically uh, shoot around load of ink everywhere to get the most points for painting territory Uh, there's also a co-op horde mode called salmon run and there's a series of ranked matches and league matches that take inspiration from various first person shooter tropes like capture the flag but with various interesting twists which we'll we'll come to Uh, finally there's an offline single player hero mode uh, in which you complete a number of story-based missions complete with boss flights and uh, some basic leveling mechanics Um, now i originally thought that the original Splatoon didn't have a single-player mode. Apparently it did, and it sounds pretty much exactly the same as this, but much shorter, so it was just a couple of hours, whereas this one sounds like it's going to probably run you six to eight hours, maybe. Um, I've played a couple of hours of it, and it's, it's all right. <laughs> I guess there's <laughs> nothing, nothing to shout about, but it's all right. There's a, there's boss battles in this one, right? And I don't think they were in the first one, so... Yeah, and that was actually pretty good. That was... Uh, for, I, I mean, we're going to talk about this in depth i guess but the the thing that sets this apart from most other games is the basic fundamental mechanic of you are painting with your gun uh, kind of like uh flood in mario sunshine um mm. or a bit like uh, the paintbrush in epic mickey if you ever played that on the uh wii when that came out <laughs> i love it it's a bit like this really weird obscure thing you probably haven't played <laughs> Yeah, you've probably played Sunshine, Sun, uh, yeah, Mario no, Sunshine, true. but the, uh, the second one, Epic, Epic Mickey. You know, you're a Disney fan. <laughs> you might have played it. It was shit, but you know, you might have played it. <laughs> but the the point is that this whole painting mechanic means that you can paint the floor and then you can convert into this weird squid mode because you know it's Japanese, and then you can <laughs> swim along and go up walls, uh, and that plays a huge part in the boss fights because you can 
paint various mm. bits of them and then get over to areas that you wouldn't normally. So it's really cool. Um, the mechanics are what makes it really and makes it kid friendly if you're yeah. into that. I could have made a squid friendly joke there, but I didn't. So <laughs> squid. <laughs> a damn squid. But we love the, well, we're all about the multiplayer aspect, right? So maybe I should talk about right. some of the, the multiplayer specifics. So you mentioned the, the turf mode and that is the four on four battle where the the goal is to cover as much of the map as you can i mean specifically the floor um while there's a benefit to covering the walls in that you can kind of make pathways that you can squid up so you can go up the walls and go really high without having to jump or move around uh you you get points at the end of the map for covering the floor or any surface which isn't completely vertical if we're being technical uh, also i read online so um so you, you play the whole match and you paint as much of the map as possible. And obviously you can shoot the opponent and you don't kill them because it's a Nintendo game. So you splat them. Um, but I don't think you get any actual points for splatting them, right? No, you don't um, get any any bonus at all. I mean, you literally, you can be top of your team in points and not kill the single person because it's mm. all about ink coverage and you get points for covering the floor and your enemy's ink in your color ink. But with that said, there is a massive benefit of, of splatting them. I mean, not massive, but there is a benefit. And that is partly, obviously, they have to respawn, which takes 10 seconds. Uh, there is a, a initial splat, which changes the world around them to your color. And obviously, they're no longer shooting at you, <laughs> which is always a benefit. So, I mean, there is definitely a, a benefit to, quote unquote, killing the other guys. Um, but ultimately... That's not how you win the match. If someone's running around just shooting people for the sake of it, they're not going to contribute to the team's score. Um, they're just going to go around and get a lot of kills. So I don't even think the kills show up at the end. Or maybe they do. I haven't really looked. Yeah, at they, the do. Post, they do. They do show up. The, yeah. Cool. It shows you how many kills you've got and how many times you activated your special power. Because mm. the more people you kill, the more your splat meter goes. Oh, no, it's not even that, is it? I got that wrong. The more, more floor you cover... Then the more your special power goes up. Everything has got like a little P next to it, which I guess is just meant to represent points, right? So every time you, you hit some ground, you get a point or two, and and you have to get so many points to recharge your super. I think for my super at the moment, it's 170. So I've got 170 points by spraying the ground, enough of the floor, or converting enemy's color to mine. Then um, then I'll unlock my super again. And if you die, that meter goes down. So it's kind of, I kind of like the fact it's there's a number, and you can see it, and it's very explicit. And that's a nice thing. But I don't like the fact that they use P for everything and it's no. <laughs> different every time. It's, it's very Nintendo. This whole experience is like, you just really want to love it, but it's just so fucking annoying every time. <laughs> There's always something about it that you're just like, why? Why Nintendo? Why did you build it this way? But we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, when we get to our likes we, and dislikes. We're coming to that. <laughs> one thing I, I did like a lot, and we'll talk about why later, but the, the Salmon Run which is a, a new mode to Splatoon 2, which is a four-player co-op. I guess a horde mode is, a, is the closest analogy. Uh, That's what they call it, off. yeah. Hmm. But it, is, it, is, it feels very different to your traditional Gears of War horde mode, but it's a, a mode where you have three waves of enemies and the bosses of those, not of those waves, I guess, because there's more than one boss, but the bosses will spawn throughout those waves, sort of more powerful bad guys, and they will drop three eggs when they die. And there is a quota for each wave and you have to collect 
equal to or greater than that quota in order to succeed at the wave. So it might be on an easy mode, it'll be something like three eggs, three eggs and five eggs. On the harder modes, it might be, well, for me at least hard at the moment, is something like six, six, nine, but I guess the numbers keep going up based on how good you are, which is kind of cool. Um, so you know when there's six, you have to kill at least two bosses and collect all the eggs from that boss. And crucially, crucially, you've got to take it back as well. It's not just kill them and then they're on the floor and then you get them. You have to get them back to the egg collecting part. And that's often the more difficult part because you've got to get back to your base area. So you've got loads of enemies shooting at you. You've got ink everywhere. It's chaos. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of I, I like that about it, but uh, yeah, that, that in many ways, I mean, I've played games where there's been golden eggs everywhere, but we couldn't get them because <laughs> you can only carry you can only carry one at a time as well. So it, it, there's a lot of back and forth, uh, and if you're not quick enough, the little mooks steal them, <laughs> take them back into awesome. the sea. And uh, one thing we haven't mentioned, and that is uh, when you've painted the ground your colour, it's super easy to move through. So you can turn to a squid and you can run across it really fast. But if it's the opponent's colour, then uh, you move much slower. You don't regain your ammo when you're on them, or at least not hardly as fast. And if you do squid into it, I'm not sure if you can, but if you do it, you don't really move, right? You, end up no, you, you get hurt. You get yeah, hurt. It kills you. you. So, um, and in Sauron run mode, the bad guys just leave a, a slime trail behind them, I guess. So you paint whatever color you've got. I think this is always green. Uh, yeah. So you, you, you know to avoid the green and you have to kind of paint it over, which makes for an interesting, quick thinking, strategic decision. You're like, ah, oh, I need to paint the, the ground wall so that I can get back quick with my egg uh, and hope that no one, no other bad guy moves over it. So that's a really interesting, uh, it adds a really interesting edge to just running over grabbing an egg and running back because like you say on paper that sounds easy especially when it's not too far away but then you hit a, a patch of green goo and a couple of enemies and on the green goo they move faster than you so you can't run away from them and then before you know it you've kind of got yourself in a, in a massive flummox and <laughs> yeah. and you've been reduced to a little uh dingy ring like a little lifesaver ring like you see in the ocean where uh and you're waiting for your friends to spray paint at you to revive you so um, it's really nice, though, that when you're down, you can still move around very slowly in the shape of the little uh, lifesaver. Uh, it's kind of like a Banjo-Kazooie kind of thing where, you know, you could turn into uh, various creatures and stuff uh, or in ukulele, I mean, the same, same thing, really, where you can get converted into like a plant or an ice <laughs> truck. Uh, and it's much like that. Like all it needed was eyes on the little rubber ring as you bounce mm. around. It's it's very strange. I mean, it's it, it is very Japanese sort of throughout. It it's yeah. got a, a sort of a very uh, Eastern touch to it. Um, there's a lot of weird shit in Splatoon, frankly. Um, it never it never needs explaining. <laughs> no, no, no. No I one mean, needs Sam to explain why you can turn into a squid and move through the ground. You no, just can. You just can. And I mean, Salmon Run's a good example because it's just filled with like puns and like, uh, I forget why it's even called Salmon Run. Not, there's not salmon in it. There's fish, but they're not, they call it Salmonoids or something. And it's mm. like, what? And it, like everything has been done like, okay, well, that's the theme we're going for. So we're just going to run with it. So yeah, you're going to collect these Salmonoid eggs and put them in this egg catching device so you've got like a little fisherman's net that it goes in it's it's very uh it's very nicely done but it's uh it's weird <laughs> and one, if you think one about it logically I love, 
is that the the whole premise is you're being kind of hired by this really dodgy guy to go off and do this mission, right? So you, you wear your dungarees yeah. and uh, you go off onto this boat or this uh, this thing floating in the ocean and um, and you have to clean it up, sort of free it from the salmonoids. And uh, one thing that's really cool, actually, which I don't think we've got written down anyway, so I'll mention it here, but um, I love the fact that the stages are quite dynamic. So the, the water level goes up and down. You really feel like there's there's this water around you and between waves sometimes the water will come right up so there's a lot less of the stage available to move around on and um and one thing about the stages is when you're in salmon mode and this this applies throughout the whole game you kind of salmon row you know you, not salmon the, the squid mode to move around really fast it, you kind of come to think of it like a run mechanic but if you do that over a grill i.e like a, a wire mesh then you just fall right through it <laughs> Yeah, and you really notice this in Salmon Run when the water's up because there's a lot of bits where there's just a metal grate over some water, and you're kind of rushing back to base with your egg, and uh, and you're accidentally in ink mode and you just sink right through and you're like no, and it's a very hectic and hard mode, so you don't always think to switch back out of ink mode. Really good. Right, it's it's great. Like, I love the the whole branding of it being like this really sketchy thing. <laughs> like I mean, it even has like references to it like they they call it like a corporate thing and they even have things that pop up that say like paid advertisement and it really threw me when it first came up and like there's these two little djs that uh, Mm. i don't know why but they're at the beginning of this thing talking all about like the various modes that are up and when salmon run is active because it's a timed thing which we'll come to um (laughs) one of them goes oh and if you want to go work for the grizz corporation it's open today and the other one's like great corporate shill work <laughs> it's like <laughs> what it's really really weird it, it, it I, I find it all very bizarre endearing and charming but very very <laughs> odd no it's great it's so, a great um, mode really good yeah really good i'm sure we'll come back to it in a bit but um so turf mode and salmon mode are what you're going to play for at least the first five hours uh, and they are what are available before you hit level 10 is your character so your character levels up and and you get lots of pickups and, and slightly slight upgrades on your abilities. But uh, once you hit level 10, you'll also open up Ranked Play. And Ranked Play introduces a few new game modes. Um, there's one called Rainmaker, which is kind of a, a reverse capture the flag, I guess, where you have to take a, a very powerful weapon into the enemy's base uh, in order to win. And there's also a couple more modes, one called Splat Zones, where you have to try and paint certain areas of the map and one called tower control where you have to try and um guard and and take a tower through the map so so there is a there is more content to come i mean you have to play for at least five hours i'm I'm not sure how long the average is because we've played some single player and some salmon mode and you only level up when you're playing turf mode so um but I, i guess somewhere between five and seven hours or something probably what you're looking at to get to level 10 so depending on how good you are really so it took yeah. me two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then once you've unlocked rank play, you you get uh, you also get access to league play if you're ranked high enough. I think your rank has to be B minus or above. Uh, and then you can go into rank mode with teams. So you can you can form a team of four. Or I think if you form a team of two, it will match you up with another team of two. Uh, and you can you can go into they call it league play. Uh, it's an extension of ranked play. So yeah, there's quite a lot there. It, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I played a little bit of the uh, the ranked play, the rainmaker mode, which is pretty good. Um, 
and I won, I think, three or four matches, and I'm still a C-minus rank. You start a C-minus, <laughs> and it looks like you need eight wins to get up. Um, and I lost a match, and I didn't go down, but I don't know if that's just because I'm already C-minus, so it didn't mm. like take away my progress. I'm not fully sure how that will work later. So like if I get to C+, plus, if I lose a match, will I lose a bit of my progress or go down? I, I don't really know. But it seems like you'd need quite a number of wins to be able to get to the B- minus rank to then be able to play in the league modes. It's it's very odd. It's very... It seems <laughs> like I, I can understand why you might want to seal it off until you've played for a few hours so that your ranked play isn't filled with, you know, new people coming in and getting their asses handed yeah. to them. But at the same time, like, it seems locked away quite a long way in and then there's like all kinds of weird rules as to oh you need to be this rank to play this mode and that onto them it's yeah and it's a shame that those uh special game modes are locked away until you unlock rank mode as well i mean i would love to have yeah. just tried out things like rainmaker and splat zones you know maybe before i played the game for 10 hours when you add up the single player and the sound run yeah exactly i don't see why that's only available in ranked mode i don't see why you can't do that just normally in like 4v4 mode because it's no no different really mm. it's but i mean this is this is the the fundamental flaw with this game is it is got a large number of very wacky decisions which extend throughout from the all kinds of stuff there's everything is wrong with it in all places but fundamentally it's still an amazing game it's it's very confusing it's very confusing <laughs> anyway we'll, we'll, we'll We'll try and break this down a bit more. I mean, it's, it's this is a bit more of a rambly episode than usual um, because there is so much to sort of dig into. And despite us playing sort of a combined amount of about 20, 25 hours, uh, we still have large amounts that we've not been able to get to because we've not played the requisite hours in the right modes. Um, and there's also just a huge amount of detail. Like um, there are parts of the upgrade mechanic uh, which I didn't find until quite late on and which I don't think you've experienced yet, John, where you can get like outfits that have abilities in them that you level up, uh, but you can remove those and you can put new ones in with like special items that you don't really hear about unless you happen to go to the right place in a certain area, mm. which is very laggy, so it makes you not want to walk through that area. <laughs> it's oh, so many just... For a game ostensibly aimed at kids, it does not have as much hand-holding as one would like. And the bits that you don't need hand-holding in, you get an awful lot of hand-holding. It's uh, interesting. Anyway, we'll do our likes and dislikes and try and flesh this out a little bit more that way. Uh, I think it's going to be the best way. So we'll start yeah. with like, and I'll, and I'll kick off and I'll, I'll just reiterate what we just said about Salmon Run, basically, which is it's my favourite mode by far. Um, of all of the modes that I've played, that's the one that I will keep going back to and playing. Um, now, unfortunately, it has a massive problem with it, which is a caveat that's going to come up a lot, uh, in that you can only play Salmon Run occasionally because it's a timed <laughs> event. So, <laughs> literally, you'll that's go on crazy. and it'll be like, oh, it's available from 7am until 7pm today. And then it'll be available... <laughs> next Saturday at 1am <laughs> to 1pm. Like, well, oh, why? And <laughs> I kind of get why, because 
in Salmon Run mode, you don't get experience points towards your character for the turf mode. Confusing. You instead get experience towards a corporate card that then gives you bonuses which you pick up from a little counter. So you might get certain outfits you can use in the other mode, or you might get given the tokens that you then take to an unmarked part of the map that you would never find unless you knew it was there to then be told, mm -hmm. oh, you can buy these ability chunks, which you then need a certain number of to then put in your slot of your outfit. It's, ah, it's so confusing. But the fundamental part is that you get a lot of good stuff if you play it over and over and over. And so if it was available all the time, the people that played that would then have a huge amount of advantage over the people that were playing turf mode over all the time because you get good stuff even though you don't level up. It's it's a mess. It's an utter mess. I don't know why they didn't just make it all the time, stick it with turf mode, play in either, you level up your character, that gives you new weapons that you can use in both. I don't know. That would be easy. On the flip side, if you are just going to play it with three of your friends, uh, then you can set up a private match. And uh, that's available all the time. So we played Sour Mode quite a bit with, there are only three of us, but we played it at work quite a lot. And uh, and that leads me quite nicely into my, my first like. But um, we played it over lunch and there were three of us and we, we could play it whenever we wanted. And the leveling up you do in that mode seems to be different from the one you do online, but it does have its own leveling system where you, you earn points along a track. And we had to get, I think, 400 points in order to get our first. Well, we didn't know because we didn't get that many points because uh, one thing that we haven't mentioned yet is that sound mode is particularly difficult, which I really approve of. Um, so in the private matches, you can actually set the difficulty level between 5% right up to 100%, so 5% increments. And uh, obviously being hardened veteran gamers who work at a game development company, we thought, yeah, yeah, we'll start off somewhere fairly easy, like 30, 40%. <laughs> that, that was a very poor decision. And uh, we very quickly went down to 10%, where it's still pretty hard. Um, and then after a few matches, we were we were fighting at 15%. But it, I, I really like the fact that, I mean, Sound Run is great, but I also like the fact that it's got a, a vast difficulty scale. So I think it's something you can keep playing for a long time. Hmm. Um, mixed in with that, we, we played, obviously, on the, the local network. We didn't actually play without network at all. We used the, the company Wi-Fi without net access, and it worked fine. But I'm pretty certain, just like Mario Kart, it will work perfectly fine if you're offline. Um, you can play it in local Wi-Fi play, and up to four players at least in Sour Run, that worked really well. If you happen to have more friends with Splatoon and wanted to play 3v3 or 4v4, uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident that would work well as well. Um, they've definitely got the the private matches and local play. That's pretty solid. Um, so that's a really good. Just to reiterate though, that was that was local play where you all had your own individual Switch console that you bought along and you're not playing online. You're literally all in the same room with your own consoles. Yeah, precisely. So yeah. um we went, we went into the little the room to the right instead of the room at the back where uh, you can set up a private match with a four-digit password if you somehow don't trust the people in your room. Um, uh, yeah, and we, and we just set it up there. So that was really cool. Cool. Um, I mean, despite what I just said about Salmon Run being massively confusing, one of the things I like about the turf battle side of things is the leveling up mechanic works pretty nicely. Um, 
you basically, you know, you you win matches, you score points, your little meter goes up, you unlock the next level. Um, it's slightly slower than the Titanfall level up, but a lot quicker than the Rocket League level up. So it's in a, <laughs> in a nice sweet spot. And when you level up, you get access to more outfits that you can buy. You get access to more guns that you can buy. Um, you can get all these different abilities that go on. So when you get like a, if you buy a shirt that's got two ability slots on it, one of them will be predetermined when you buy it. So it might be, oh, this shirt lets you travel slightly faster. But when you're playing a game, uh, once you've leveled up that shirt a little bit, it will then let you, it'll give you a random ability at that point. Um, and you can influence that to a certain degree with various items and things, but I won't go into that because it's far too convoluted. Um, but then you get more abilities. Now, the problem with that is that at the beginning, you will be beaten by other people because not only are they better because they've been playing for longer, so they know what they're doing and they know the maps, uh, but also you'll be beaten because they have outfits that have maxed out abilities of different types. So they've got things that make them take less damage from grenades or let them mm. uh, reload faster or travel faster. And so it does seem a little bit like in something like Titanfall, you do have various weapons that you unlock later. So maybe you can't get the best sniper rifle or the nicest pistol or whatever, but you still feel vaguely on the same level. In this, it seems very uneven to me um, with the outfit stuff, but that's... Yeah, and I guess that's exacerbated um, by the fact that the outfits you pick up early on will only have one or two ability slots, and the ones you get later on will have four. So actually, yeah. the the characters later on will have 16 little tiny power-ups, whereas the early ones will have four or six. Because um, you still start with some, don't you? But... Yeah, but the fact that the advanced players will have ten more than you—I mean, I guess it's just a slight edge. But like you say, they've probably already better because they've been playing a lot longer. A slight edge is all you need, um, though, in online play, isn't it? Like if you've got, um, you know, ten percent more ink capacity, then that can can swing a thing. But I don't—I don't think it's really a problem. I'm not. No, this is a minor gripe with all of those games, like Call of Duty and Battlefield, where you get an inventory and level it up. But yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, but I, I liked the leveling up mechanic as it was. I mean, I, I, I like that kind of thing because it gives me something to work towards. I enjoy grinding through and being like, oh, cool, now I'm level 10. Oh, now I'm mm. level 15. Oh, I finally unlocked that gun I want. Um, it works well. The only criticism I'd have of it is that the weaponry comes as a pair. So you get not only the main weapon, but a sub-weapon, which is like a grenade or uh, like a curling thing that goes across the floor or something, um, and you can't mix and match them. You have to, so I want, for example, I want dual guns and a little curling thing that goes across the floor, and I can't get that. I have to wait until like level 16 to get that. But I can get the dual guns and a grenade, or I can get a single sniper rifle and the curling thing, but I can't get the two that I want together because they come as a pair, not separate things, which I find irritating, but that's that's just me. Yeah, that is a weird choice, and I'm not quite sure where I sort of sit on that one at the moment, because I, I agree that it's frustrating that you can't customise your build by just changing the two things, but I, I also, at the flip side, enjoy unlocking things, so... <laughs> I, I wonder if that's what it unlock, is. So. Yeah, because really, like, how, how many core cool weapons are there? Maybe, like, eight, because mm. later on, they upgrade 
like you still get dual weapons and they're still the same. They might have slightly different stats and they might look slightly different, but it's essentially the same weapon type. And like later on you get like a different roller or something. And the only real yeah. difference, apart from a slight stats change, is the different sub weapon. So maybe that's why it's just to make it so you've got actually something to unlock every time you level up rather than unlocking everything within the first 10 minutes. don't know. Yeah, I suspect that's why. Um, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't really bother me, but I can see why it would bother you. So, um, My last like is, uh, and this is a word I will always use in my like section if a game exhibits it, and that is the amount of variety there is to play. Um, so start, I mean, the biggest example of that is the weapons. Like you say, there's maybe maybe eight or ten kind of core weapon types but that opens up with things like the Splatshot Junior and the Splatshot Pro and then there's different variations on the roller like the Carbon Roller and the Dynamo Roller and I like variation I like playing with slight different tweaks on things so I can see how it feels and, and plays different and I it just it lets you explore a much wider sort of game space I guess and um and I guess in total, there's one weapon per level, right? So, I mean, there are 30 different weapons, even if a lot of them are slight variations on other ones. Um, but that's a lot of fun. And I, there are... Ten. I think there's actually more now because of the, uh-huh. they did like free updates. Like there was just an update and it was like, oh, yeah, there's a paintbrush now. And oh, there's a bucket <laughs> that's just a bucket <laughs> of paint. And so there's a couple, I think, where you level up and you get two or three items unlock rather than just the one. Oh, uh, cool. And then there's uh, there's 10 different sub-weapons. So overall, you've got a, a damn good set of things to pick from when you're selecting your character. And obviously, like you mentioned with the the clothing and the levelling up, that also adds a, a hell of a lot of things to explore and play with to try and find the, the optimal build. Even though the, the tweaks from the clothing, I think, are very minor, they still, yeah, it's still really fun to play with them. You're like, yeah, I'll, I'll try and stick a bunch of bits of clothing on which gives me speed up to see if that helps my my run and you know, actually i want to trade some for some defense or some uh, more ink in my tank and um yeah i i love variety i like playing with like tweaking numbers and, and all that sort of stuff and this definitely lets you hit that hit that button so uh variety so always something i'll sing about and i like it <laughs> so. all right i don't have any more uh, likes at this stage uh, so I, dislikes. Do you want to do you want to kick kick off there? Yeah, I, I was just going to mention one more thing. I've got it down as a comment, but I, I think I'm going to upgrade it to a like. Um, and that is the fact that with the original Splatoon, they added an awful lot of content post-launch. So um, they they supported the original Splatoon for a long time after it launched, and I I have got a very strong impression that they'll be doing the same with this. So um, I'm looking forward. So there's eight multiplayer stages at the moment. Uh, and a couple of Samurai ones, and I'm very confident. I mean, we haven't seen it much yet, but I'm very confident that we're going to see a lot more outfits, probably more weapons, definitely more stages, hopefully more Samurai content if, as it's proven to be popular uh, over the coming months. So, uh, and it's, I'm pretty certain, all going to be free. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Like, like I said, they've already released two new weapons, and it's not been out mm. for two weeks yet. So it seems positive. Yeah. But yes, on to dislikes. So um, given the nature of the podcast, I, I have to mention this. And this was something which happened with Mario Kart 2. So Nintendo, get your fucking act together. But trying to join a game with a friend, Jesus. I mean, 
local co-op is fine. We just sit around a table, sit around a sofa and then hit play. But when you and I are trying to play this game together, your first oh. instinct on any of these games is, I will start a match. Then in the lobby system, you will join and we'll play together. No. <laughs> no. So, I mean, let's start with the Salmon Run. That actually works well. So in Salmon Run, one of us starts a game. Uh, the, the lobby remains private until all your up to three friends, i.e. four in your team, have joined. At which point you say, right, we're ready to go. And then you start the game. And if you haven't got a team of four, randoms online will drop in. You've got four, you play the game. That is how the online play should work, but it does not. So the experience goes like this. Hey, let's play together, Ben. That sounds great. Like my Ben impression. I, I can speak for me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the cat might have your tongue there. No. Um, yes, so let's play together. Great. And then I join a match. Quickly, Ben rushes to the friends list, sees I'm in a match, matches join as quick as possible. And then... Oh, I have to wait for it for a little while because it'll say, you can't join him at the moment. <laughs> and then it'll say, oh, he's active. Now you can join him. And then I'll click join and then it'll go, oh, he's already in a game now. Sorry. And we were talking over FaceTime at the point, right? So normally at that point, I'm like, there's still spaces. There's still spaces. And you're like, I've hit join. And then three names pop up. I'm like, oh, one of them's going to be Ben. Never Ben. Um, I guess someone else was in the queue first. Then the game starts, and then, like you say, you're hit with a screen that says, hey, wait three minutes. And I, I can't even spectate. I just have to sit there and watch literally a black screen with a timer. And then one time it got to the bottom, and it didn't even put me in the lobby then. It was like, nah, the other people will want to play still. You'll have to wait yeah. again. And then, to add insult to injury, the next we finally played one game together, and then we both got booted out because the two-hour period had ended, and so it was time for a new series of maps. And then we had to do the whole thing again. And the annoying thing about it, the really annoying thing about it, is the UI in Salmon Run is identical, but it has a mm. different button that you can press to create a private lobby to then join a public game. And I, like, for a living, I, I develop apps. I work with UI and UX all the time. This is just shoddy. Like, th there is <laughs> no excuse for having two things that should be the same look the same but one of them is ever so slightly different for no logical reason. <laughs> and you solved it for Salmon Run. Like you, I understand in Mario Kart they haven't solved the problem at all, but they've solved it for Salmon Run. Come on. It's, it's shocking. But I mean, that's, that's, just, that's the price you pay for a Nintendo game. It's, <laughs> you, you know the online's going to be shit. That's just how it is. It's like using an online service from Apple. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Once we were online, it was great, right? I mean, we didn't have any problems oh, apart fine. from, oh, end of the map rotation, time to kick you out and make you go through our special kind of hell again. But um, yeah, but yeah, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And and when we did join games, and this didn't really didn't really bother either of us much, right? But the, we weren't on the same team all the time. It was obviously just no. replacing us. We were just in the I same quite liked game. that. I quite liked that, to be honest, because it added... Sometimes you want to be in opposite teams because it adds a bit more rivalry, a bit more fun to it. Um, and other times we were on the same team and then we could, you know, communicate and try and actually win. Um, I kind of liked that about it, but I guess with 4v4, that would be very difficult to yeah. balance. There's four especially of you, you with game balancing. With three on one and one on the other. And it's like, oh man. Yeah. yeah. Bit weird. Bit weird. Um, my first dislike is that I've already touched on it, but the salmon run that I love so much, 
uh, is only available at certain times. So literally, I'll go on and I go, oh, I really fancy some Splatoon tonight. Turn it on, and then I go into the little plaza bit. I press the button, go to Grisco, and it's like, no, shut. No, no Salmon Run. <laughs> it's like, and the only place to see what Salmon Run times are is in the in the game. So you have to load the game up and go to the place and then look and see that, no, oh, it, it, it is starting, but it's going to start in three hours' time at 1 a.m. your time. So, uh, yeah, you want to stay up? <laughs> <It's> like, oh. <laughs> and then, then I have the choice of, well, I fired it up, so I might as well play Turf War, but I don't want to play fucking Turf War. I want to play Salmon Run. And I don't want to play it locally because I don't have anyone here to play it with. And I don't have three people to find to do it. It's oh, mm, so annoying. So annoying. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I have to say on it. I, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. But, I, but I really like the game. That's the annoying thing. I really want to play it, but it won't let me. Annoying. <laughs> but um, too much of a good thing, that's the problem. So my um, my next dislike is, and I actually like it in principle, when you start the game up, there's a little video of two pop stars, right? And they, they chat back and forth and tell you about all the new multiplayer maps that are in rotation and, and if the new weapons came out and all the new stuff. And and in principle, I, I like that. What I don't like is that you have to keep mashing the button and obviously then it puts the text to the end of the current sentence and then you wait a couple of seconds and it goes away and then the next little clip comes in. There's an awful... I mean, the whole process takes 20 or 30 seconds. It's like, just show me a static screen with the, the maps or whatever. I'm, I'm fine. I like, I like it stylistically, but I just want to skip it sometimes. I'm, I don't care. I just want to play offline. Um, That's also the thing. Also, I don't give a shit what maps they are. I'll know what maps they are when I try and play one because it will show me. Hmm. And I don't really have a choice anyway. So. It's also really annoying if it does it at five to three or something. You start playing <laughs> like two minutes towards because by the time you've done it, the maps have changed anyway because they change every yeah. two hours. <sighs> but I do like that but little back and forth. The writing is quite funny on it when they do like updates. Yeah. I'm like, oh, here's new stuff. But I just yeah, wish so. I could choose whether I wanted to watch it or not. My big gripe that I have is that the game runs beautifully. Beautifully, 60 frames a second all the time. Online, no problems at all. 1080p in docked mode, 720p in handheld mode, looks beautiful, nice and cartoony. First party Nintendo title, so it's you know good quality on that front. Apart from one area, and that one area is the main fucking plaza where you have to do everything <laughs> from. Which runs at, I don't even think it's 30fps, it's so jagged, it's horrible. I want to vomit every time I'm in that fucking place. And you move painfully slowly through it because you can't spray any ink so even in squid form you move exactly the same pace it's just glacial and it's oh, i just get frustrated doing it and there's other characters milling around and they've got these stupid little boxes that people have drawn shit in and i'm just like <laughs> just get rid of these bastards so i can have it at 60 fps and then to add insult to injury you press the x button which is where the y button should be thank you nintendo you press that and then it's got like a thing so you can jump to the right places. So I'm like, oh great, I don't have to walk through the plaza. I can, instead of walking the 20 feet over there that's going to take me half an hour and give me bloody seizures, instead <laughs> I can press the button and I jump there and then I can do whatever I want. But some of the things aren't there, like the guy that does your ability chunks, the vendor that sells 
uh, the stuff that gives you like boosts, the bonus thing for Grisco, or the thing that lets you choose the Splatfest stuff. All of that stuff isn't there, isn't signposted. You just have to deduce that, oh, that thing that looks like street furniture is actually the thing that lets me do this whole <laughs> extra level of stuff that you should really have told me about. So, yeah, it's just horrible. I hate I hate that plaza. I hate it. <laughs> On the flip side, I actually quite like the plaza. I just hate that it runs at 30 FPS. I think it's a nice... I, I, uh... I don't like it at all because I <laughs> just... I don't know what's interactable with and what's not. I hate it. Mm. I hate everything about it. I mean, it looks nice. It looks nice if it's a static <laughs> image, which it practically is. <laughs> nice. Uh, my uh, my last dislike is is an experience that I've had, but you haven't. And that's when I've been quite often kicking back in bed, about to play a couple of matches before sleep. Yeah, so it's a uh, quarter to midnight or something, and I I've waited an inordinately long time before a match has started on more than one occasion. Um. I mean, there's been a couple of times when you, I've joined the lobby, the time has been at 140, 150, and it's counting down to zero and I've been kicked out and had to join another one. Bearing in mind that a single match is three minutes, <laughs> that means I've sometimes waited longer for a match than I've actually played it. And then when you finish a match, your team grouping doesn't stay the same, so you're not guaranteed to jump in another one. You're, it's a bit potlucky on whether it happens again. So I really seem to have had it late at night when i've been lying in bed so maybe the the servers have regions and and there's more people playing ranked at two in the morning because everyone else is in bed um either way that 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 sort of shit doesn't matter to me what matters is that i i hit play and then actually read three or four pages of my book before the game starts and, <laughs> and no i'm not missing a match in the middle <laughs> oh but it's all right because you know there's that nice background music that's the same all the time womp, 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 womp. <laughs> And if you move the analog stick around, you could change the pitch of it. I know you entertained. That yesterday. <laughs> yeah, keep you entertained for 140 seconds twice. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it's um, it's not been a problem when we've played or when I've played at sensible hours, but still. Yeah, it's irritating when that happens. Anyway, let's let's wrap this up with some final comments. I'll let you start. You've got you've got a good one, which I'm going I'm to bit... jump in on. <laughs> It's a bit unfair to um, to hit Splatoon with this, I guess, because it's a problem with the Switch in general. But Jesus Christ, that com- I mean, the companion app. Okay, I'm being harsh. The companion app itself, as something where you can read information about the game, is fine. It's uh, not. It's not. You fine. Uh, you you mentioned this, and it's pretty much a, a web a web view. So you get a you know an embedded website. You can see what the map rotation is. There's a little shop where you can pre-order special items that you can only get through the app and a few That's other things cool. like you can see your level and, and little things like that so so as a as a little tiny companion app for the game it's it's fine i mean i'd even go as far as say nice but when it comes to trying to to voice chat and do all the stuff you expect to do for a multiplayer game jesus fucking christ <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say. I mean, you need a pile of cables. <laughs> so the, the way that like this you're works, a ventilator machine. The way this works is because the switch. I, I imagine it's because the switch isn't powerful enough to be doing voice chat in its own thing. That's why they have a separate app. I have a theory it. for this, and I think it's because they want to. Um, I mean, 
The second you reserve system resources in case somebody wants to use voice chat, and obviously most platforms that use it for any game, you're taking away 10% of the whole unit's power in case somebody wants to voice chat. And I think that's probably why they avoided it. Because, you know, hey, I'm Mario Kart, 90% of the time when I play it, I don't need to voice chat. So why cut 10% system power off just in case I want to? So I think that's the reason. But yeah, sorry, that's... I, I, I get that part of it, that's fine. Um, It's more... I, I, my big thing before the Switch came up was like, how is this going to work, this whole app thing? Because... You've got game audio. I get it. Like if I'm, I've got my iPhone. I've got my AirPods. I'm wireless. It's key to this dream of mine. <laughs> I'm sat and I'm thinking, well, how is it gonna? How am I gonna hear the game if I'm playing? And I envisioned stupidly. I stupidly envisioned this <laughs> some sort of Bluetooth audio system where the switch would connect to the phone wirelessly and broadcast its audio, and then there'd be some mixing like the Xbox headsets do. And that'd be wonderful. No, 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 no. <laughs> A, step one, uh, you, you plug your headphones into your phone and you can talk. You get no game audio. If you want game audio, you either put the headphone on one ear and have the volume on the switch coming out of it. <laughs> or, you know, if that's not suitable for your needs, you buy a third-party cable that, no joke, looks like a fucking squid because it's Splatoon-themed. <laughs> And you have three cables for this device. One cable goes into the switch. One cable goes into your phone. One cable goes into your headphones. Now, the quick amongst you will work this out later on. <laughs> but I'll, I'll spoil it for you now. Because I don't want you just lying in bed and thinking, hang on a minute, there's a problem here. Problem is, what happens when you're playing it in console mode? Because your phone is with you and you're sat a distance away from the television and thus from the switch. Solution to this problem is the cable is two meters long. <laughs> Which then begs the question, what if I'm having it in handheld mode? You have two meters of cable pulled into your lap, <laughs> complete with two other cables to two devices. Uh, and to add insult to injury, if you're using an iPhone, uh, one of the new iPhones at least, you'd need your little 35 millimeter dongle adapter because sure as shit ain't a lightning one. Uh, so just, just fucking horrible. And not only, I mean, that's, that's already pretty messed up, but to add insult to injury, okay, you've decided to go all in and you've got all this gear. You've got the, the, the pile of octopus tentacles in your lap, which are the cables and the, the little squid sitting on top. And you, you have to keep the app in foreground mode with the oh, screen God. on while you're chatting. Otherwise, it all stops working. Because <laughs> it's all done through a web view. I mean, you said a minute ago, oh, the app's all right. I'd go so far as to say it's quite nice. The app is a web view embedded in a <laughs> app. So it's not app-like. And it's got this horrible refresh thing as you go through. It all mm. pops in. The back buttons and navigation are all just all over the shop. But it doesn't even have the right information because whilst it shows you the various battle maps that are available, it had a thing when I went on there that's like Grusko hiring and I was like, oh, tapped it, nothing happens, you can't tap it. Doesn't tell you when the fucking salmon run times are. <laughs> the one thing you actually fucking want to know about this game because it's the one thing that's actually a timed event doesn't tell you. You can you can see what map's coming up at five o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Well, big can work but i don't care i just want to know when i can play the actual game i've paid for no no you can't find that out on the app that's pretty oh. annoying. But, but I'll, one, I'll make one my thing uh, okay go on. go on 
No, you, you, you wrap up this before I, I say my saving grace. Okay. Um, I, I was going to move on to my next comment, which is kind of tied into this, which is the, the two maps available at a time thing. Now, I put mm. this as a comment because I can't tell if I like this or dislike it. On the one hand, it's kind of a nice thing that, you know, every two hours you get different maps and you just play the same maps over and over and over for two hours and then it switches. I kind of get that. But at the other time, it's, you know, just massively irritating, especially when it disconnects you from your lobby that took ages to set up. <laughs> uh, so it's, I, I can't quite decide if I like it or not. It's a clever way of getting around the fact that there's not actually that many stages. Um and it does mean that you will equally play every course because if you play something like Titanfall, for example, quite often you just get the same maps over and over and there might be mm. 20 different maps and you don't see some of them for ages. Whereas with this, you're guaranteed to roll through the various maps that are available, which is nice. But um, at the same time, it, it's kind of shit. Yeah, I think I I think I, I don't dislike it. I uh, I don't know if I like it, but... I don't yeah. dislike it because I, I actually quite like playing the same map a few times over and over. Um, within, like, because there's only two maps on rotation. If you play a bunch of matches in a two hour window, you end up on the same map a few times and that lets you learn it quicker, which I quite like. So there are upsides but to it too. Re really irritating though if it's a map you hate. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I'll, I'll um, come I haven't back found one I hate yet. So um, just, just quickly going to jump back uh, to the, the headphone mess. And one thing that I will say was that I have a pair of Turtle Beach Air Force X11s, which I've had since my Xbox 360. I mean, I've had those things for ages. And um, so back on the 360, you would plug one side into the TV and one side into the Xbox controller. Now, when the PS4 came out, I bought a, a new cable, which let me plug the headphones socket, like from my... So there's a there's a little dongle. It's not too different from the Squid, I guess. But one one cable for me is constantly plugged into the TV and goes to my headset. Uh, and then the other cable I plug into my PS4 controller. So actually when we were playing Splatoon, we used FaceTime on the iPhone. And I used my same headset, so the experience for me was exactly the same as my PS4. Because I took the the cable which I bought from Turtle Beach to plug into my PS4 controller. And when I plugged it into my phone, I, I was not expecting this to work. But actually you, the mic worked as well, so you could hear me. Um, yep. You could hear me from my Turtle Beach headset on my iPhone and I could hear the game audio and your audio. And the nice thing about the Air Force X11s, there's almost definitely new ones now, maybe inventively the X12s, I'm not sure. Um, but you can you can change the game audio and the voice audio separately. So actually I had the same experience as my PS4, only one cable was going to the iPhone in my pocket instead of the controller in my hand. Um, granted, I mean, my, my room is set up to allow for these wired headphones and you know i'm used to playing with them on ps4 but if you have that set up this is actually a pretty nice solution and maybe even if you have some wireless headphones that you use for your console um i suppose then you'd need the cable between the your phone but you could leave your phone by the like by the console i guess um with facetime running and probably have the similar experience with with wi-fi headsets so i'm kind of uh, surprised that turtle beach didn't jump on this because they have a what i would say a much better solution than the <laughs> And the crappy squid thing they've already released so uh still seems like an awful lot of cables to me and I, I mean i have a massive issue with turtle beach anyway because i bought the turtle beach headset for the xbox one when it came out and it's like mm. wow there's headphones 
Not fucking wireless. There's a cable to the controller. Yes, it's wireless <laughs> from the console, but it's not wireless. It's there's a cable. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But I guess I I've moved on from everything because I've gone all. I have wireless headphones for my computer. I've got AirPods for my phone. I don't have a single cable for anything, um, mm. and it irritates me when I have to have cables, especially three of them, especially when one of them is two meters long. <laughs> well, I say I have to use it. I didn't. Um, the way that I dealt with the solution, we sort of talked about how you've done it there. Um, the way that I handled it was I had a single AirPod in my right ear, which had John wirelessly to my phone to do FaceTime audio. Um, and then with my other ear, I listened to my television set, which was just yeah. playing out as normal. And uh, that, that worked. <laughs> but it wasn't, it's not ideal. But no, and frustrating that you have to come up with these solutions. So I've got one more comment because we're running on a bit. But um, yeah. And that was just I wanted to say that they've added support for 8-player LAN, and you don't have to have a net connection for that to work, so you just need to be on the same local area network. And I presume if you buy the LAN adapter, you can actually play it with your, your docked consoles without even Wi-Fi. Uh, and they've added support for two spectators with that mode, so that's kind of cool. They've obviously set things up for eSports and LAN parties, and I could definitely picture playing this. I mean, not that, not that I go to LAN parties anymore, but I could definitely picture this being a a fun LAN party thing that's a bit more laid back and you just plug all your switches in and um, kick back for a few hours. And then you've got room for a couple of spectators who can maybe put their feed through a television and record it and push it onto Twitch. So I think, yeah, I think it's pretty cool and nice that, nice that they're forward thinking. I mean, a shame that that spectator mode didn't make it into, hey, you're waiting for a friend to finish ranked. But that, yeah, a separate issue. <laughs> and there's no, no split screen either. Yeah, that was, I was just going to mention one very last thing. That's the lack of split screen. And, um, you know, it's not really a dislike because you and I wouldn't play split screen anyway. Um, it's the sort of game I could picture playing with my wife, however, and it's a shame that we can't without buying another Switch. Uh, I get it. I mean, if they made it split screen, they'd have to either drop the FPS to 30 or severely hit the, hit the graphical fidelity because it is a good-looking game and it simply wouldn't be able to render everything twice, I don't think without cutting a bunch of stuff off. So I, I get it, but it's a shame. That's all I'm going to say. Cool. All right. Well, we always wrap up by saying, would we play it again and would we recommend it? So I'll, I'll put that to you, John. Are you going to play it again? Oh, uh, yeah. Or recommend I'm, it to someone else? I am, I am still playing it, and I definitely prefer the Sarah run to the turf, but I'm going to play both. I, I've still got a lot more hours of Splatoon 2 in me and uh, looking forward to getting back to work next week and... Uh, and having a few lunch games of Splatoon with my mates, and um, because of that reason, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you like this sort of, I'm gonna say semi-casual run and gun shooter, where your the the goals are a bit different, then I would definitely recommend it. I think uh, don't buy it just for the single player. Not that we're reviewing oh, it from a single player place, but you know the single player is a nice little add-on. But the turf wars and the summer run, and eventually the ranked, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely going to play more of it, but uh, it's a love-hate relationship. Um, <laughs> I love the game. I love the mechanics. I love the salmon run. I fucking hate every decision that has been made about <laughs> everything from button placement to uh, leveling up system to just everything. It's, it's a disaster. It is a... It should be put in universities as a manual for how to fuck something up. That's how I would describe Splatoon 2. But I will play it and I will recommend it. So, so you know, take that with a grain of salt. I'm just in an angry mood because I've not slept. So, 
<laughs> that could be what it is. But um, yeah, it, it, it is good. I, I've ranted about it, but it is a good game. But it's just got so many design flaws. But that's not the game's fault. That's someone else's fault. Anyway, <laughs> in, uh, in, in closing, thank you for listening. Uh, you can go to our website at connectingtohost.co.uk. Uh, now with HTTPS, yay! Um, where yeah. you can see our twenty-two other episodes on various games that we've played in co-op and multiplayer. Um, you can find us on Twitter at CTHCast, where you can suggest games for us to play, or sort of say, you know what, I disagree. Splatoon Two is awesome, and their UX is fantastic. You should leave them alone. Um, and if you get a moment and you're feeling positive, you can leave an iTunes review, which would be very, very gratefully received. Anyway, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time when we'll be playing another co-op game.